We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Roto-Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Tuesday, December 6th, 2016. I'm Jake Letarski here alongside Eric Katuri. If you're out there on Twitter, you can follow Eric at ETCAT30. You can follow me at JakeSki52. Uh, one quick reminder, if you happen to be listening on iTunes or Stitcher, please leave us a nice rating and review if you have the time, because Eric and I, we're both in the playoffs quite a bit. We're going to help you guys throughout the playoffs here. Me personally, I'm in in three or four leagues, and there's one league that's still shaky for me that uh, it plays all the way through week 14 before the playoffs. How about you? Yeah, I'm exactly the same as you, three out of four leagues. Uh, unfortunately, um, lost the undefeated season this week. Oh, this week? <laughs> Barely. All the way in week 13? Yeah, made it, made it to 12-0. and 0. Jeez, that's that's easily that is the heartbreaking. Part. That's, that's so heartbreaking. But now I have a buy 
and can regroup. So, you know. There we go. Focus yeah. on uh, week uh, 15 and 16. Yeah, basically it went <clears throat> this way for me. I mean, if my David Johnson shares, I'm getting first-round buys. My If my first-round pick was Devontae Freeman, I'm right on the fringe, maybe going to make it, maybe not. If my first-round pick was Rob Gronkowski, I'm out. See you. Bye, Felicia. So that's kind of how it breaks down as Did, far as my first-round picks. So you, you didn't get, like, uh, Antonio Brown or any of the elite wideouts? I, my earliest pick in the draft was uh, third this year, so I never got a chance to take Antonio Brown. I did. You must have, have got David Johnson then. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. I got David Johnson in that league, and like I, I mean, I have a share of Odell Beckham, but uh, that's a keeper league where I got to keep sure. both Beckham and Johnsons. Yeah, what's the price again? It's something ridiculous. Yeah, I got right? David Johnson at two bucks, and I get yeah. him at two bucks next year too. I, I can only <laughs> hold on to him for two years, but the price there's no price increase penalty. Mm. Yeah, I mean, speaking of that, like I've got I've got Odell Beckham at fifty two, but I've got Mike Evans at forty two. So I think next year I'm going to take another ten bucks to auction, take Evans at forty two over Odell at fifty two. I would yeah let people definitely. shell out money for Odell see what happens there and then I'll go in with Evans and, and Johnson and $155 to spend I mean those two might end up as as the number one rated you know guys or rank guys at their positions yeah. by year's end yeah I still think Antonio <laughs> Brown will take the receivers when no, Mike I, Evans I, is going to be right up there probably sure. ahead of Julio Jones maybe ahead of Beckham anyways yeah, like, it's, it's going to be really close I mean we're going to be mentioning a Julio Jones injury and some of the some of the residuals, uh, residual effects Absolutely. of that soon mm-hmm. but yes yeah so, so yeah like we said we're both in the playoffs we're going to stay in the playoffs hopefully and continue to help our listeners that are in the playoffs to make the best waiver wire pickups as possible here. We're going to start off with a quick recap of the Monday night football game. The Colts just trouncing the sorry Jets 41 to 10. Uh, I mean, in New York, I mean, just uh, the Jets falling to three and nine. Uh, there's a lot to talk about this game. I mean, this is a very good candidate to uh, to turn off at halftime because of the blowout nature here. But let's talk about the losing side. The biggest thing that comes out, comes to mind here is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick after going five for 12 for 81 and an interception. He was benched at halftime in favor of Bryce Petty, who seemed to fall in love with Robbie Anderson, who was targeted 12 times in this game. What do you make of that, Eric? Robbie Anderson. I mean, it's I mean, probably Petty just, or it's probably, it's probably just, uh, yeah, when it comes to Robbie Anderson at the very least, uh, mm-hmm. it's probably just uh, the guy who he's actually built up a rapport with in practice mm-hmm. and yep, he feels most comfortable with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I did look it up to see like how many of Brandon Marshall's eight targets happened in the second half mm-hmm. and five of them. So I mean, he was still he's still looking. He was at still Marshall. looking at Marshall. I mean, you can't not look at him, right? Yeah. If Jake Cutler's <laughs> taught us anything, it's force the ball to Brandon Marshall, and maybe you'll be able to win six games a year doing that. The the, the unfortunate thing about it is his three catches with Bryce Penny at. Bryce Petty under center were less than 10 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were short passes. When, he, when Petty was looking deep, he was looking to Robbie Anderson. And yeah. I don't necessarily advocate Robbie Anderson moving forward. I mean, here's, no. a, here's a two-quarterback league update. I mean, Bryce Petty's going to start the rest of the season. So this is what we're yeah. working with now. We're working with Bryce Petty moving forward. And he likes going deep to Robbie Anderson. I still think that gives Marshall's value a little bit of a knock. It might even knock Forte's value a little bit. Forte used sparingly. Nine carries for 25 yards, three catches for 54 yards. So if it was a PPR league at least like he I mean even he, he didn't completely wreck it but mm-hmm. probably cost some owners some playoff chances as did Brandon Marshall with his four for 43 yard performance here so uh so yeah give, giving some fantasy owners some uh some tough times some fits this week for sure yeah and like Indy's secondary is still a little bit banged up so it's kind of surprising they weren't even they weren't yeah. able to get like a consistent passing game going yeah I mean at least uh, like Vontae Davis is healthy <laughs> finally and that's yeah. uh that's, that's key that's like he was on them he was on Marshall 
Yeah, but their free safety, Clayton Gathers, and their cornerback, Patrick Robinson, they're both a little bit banged up with respective injuries. So something mm-hmm. to continue to watch uh, heading into the week. Next week, if you are in the fantasy playoffs, the uh, Colts will be taking on uh, the Texans. So, you know, a nice indoor game there for fantasy purposes. What about the winning side here? The biggest thing with the Colts, Andrew Luck, of course, he's back from concussion, uh, 22 for 28, 278 yards uh Four touchdowns on the day, a QBR of 98.6. Remember, a perfect QBR is 100, quarterback rating of 147.6. The guy was just a stud, didn't miss a beat whatsoever. His favorite target in the field between the 20s was T.Y. Hilton, who caught nine for a 446 in a touchdown. Very productive in his return. His favorite target in the red zone, however, Dwayne Allen, four for 72 and three freaking touchdowns on the day. I don't know if you're like me, but I cut Dwayne Allen in a league. Did you? Uh, I, I actually had no shares of him at all this year. I don't, I don't think I've ever owned Dwayne Allen. Yeah. I, I mean, there were, <laughs> honestly. there were always like sometimes where maybe, I mean, but it was always Dwayne Allen and Colby Fleener competing. Sure. And everyone thought, okay, maybe Dwayne Allen can work his way into tight end one territory. But then it was Jack Doyle getting all the targets. Jack yeah. Doyle in this game, four for 30 on four targets. So efficient, but not productive necessarily. Yeah. And like, I, I, I want to look into this, but uh, yeah, like, Dwayne Allen, how many red zone targets does he have, you know, this year? Because all of, all of, all of these touchdowns obviously came in the red zone, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> someone that has always been looked to in the red zone. I mean, yeah. when we when we talked about the when the Colts still had Colby Fleener, the breakdown was Fleener between the twenties, Dwayne Allen in the red zone, and he's always had you know been a decent, reliable source of uh, you know red zone red zone targets. I mean, so yeah, in the first nine games, he only had six red zone targets. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, yeah. three. And in 2015, in over 13 games, he had four red zone targets. In 2014, over uh, 13 games, he had nine red zone targets. So, uh, you know, it, it seems really like hard an to anomaly, pick, right? Yeah, it's really hard to pick out trends from this. Now, just like people overreacted and sat Brandon Cooks last week, for example, or sat Antonio Gates or something along those lines, <laughs> everyone's going to overreact a little bit and probably try to work Dwayne Allen into lineups. I'm not so sure that's a great idea. Yeah, but we'll talk about that in the tight ends. Especially against the Texans. Like, mm-hmm. Jared Cook really wasn't able to do anything against, uh, you mm-hmm. know, the Texans this past weekend. I'm, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the there had, was snow. The snow but, had something to yeah. do with it, of course. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about the tight end situation later on. Uh, just something to keep in mind moving forward. Uh, standard disclaimers for the waiver wire portion here. All fab recommendations are going to be based on a 12-team standard format with a $100 budget. Uh, I don't didn't take a whole lot of percent own figures. It's more or less I will rate these guys and we'll check it out. But, you know, if I look at those, uh, it'll probably be pretty current here, uh, you know, and that's going to adjust, of course, as first come, first serve waivers process. Uh, one good thing about week 14, Eric, no more bye weeks. We had the fluky, weird Tennessee and Cleveland bye weeks, but now we can go back to picking on the Browns in terms of defensive matchups, and, and we got a full slate to work with here. So it's the playoffs right on time. <clears throat> No bye weeks here, but I do want to quick discuss playoff waiver wire strategy. Uh, the two main points being, one, you can't take it with you. And, of course, that's your fab money it is. You might as well use it if you have any left. And two, kind of going hand in hand with that, it is vitally important to block other owners from getting top tier players that we mentioned. Even if you're set at wide receivers, you have three stud wide receivers. If there's a receiver on the waiver wire that's better than somebody on your bench, you have to go out and pick them up. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I I went out. And, well, I've been hanging on to Tyler Lockett all year, just waiting for a breakout, mm-hmm. and I just got tired of him. Dropped him last week for Marcus Wilson mm-hmm. in our in the stake league, our stake league, mm-hmm. and then Tyler Lockett goes off, and Marcus Wilson 
gets injured after four plays. Yeah, he has a groin injury. So fluky, but this week <laughs> around, you're going to probably drop Marcus Wilson and pick up another better receiver sure. and leave someone to maybe take a risk with him. But yeah. All right. We'll get into this position by position. Excuse me. Starting with the quarterbacks. Last week, we talked about uh, Colin Kaepernick and Matt Barkley. Of course, Colin Kaepernick just ruining the playoff aspirations of anyone who decided they wanted to pick him up and start him. Granted, it snowed. You can't blame us for that. Kaepernick sucks. Maybe you can blame us for that, but uh, at least, Eric, you're free uh, because I was with DVR last week. Uh, both of us equally <laughs> guilty. Anyway, two-quarterback league update here. We'll do a little better this time around. Bryce Petty started the second half. It's the end of the Fitzmadrick Fitzpatrick era. I always say Fitz, Fitz Magic. I think it's a Chris Benzian thing. Whenever he refers to him, he likes to talk talk that, Fitz, Fitz Magic. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize. That. I don't that's, know. That's pretty. That, that's Benzine's way to uh, say I'm going to use him in DFS this week, and Magic's going to happen. Not the case so far. But uh, yeah. okay. So Bryce Petty uh, started the second half. He's going to start the rest of the way out. Blaine Gabbard, of course, replaced Colin Kaepernick, uh, who's just just terrible, just got awful. I mean, we could spend this whole show talking about what a piece of garbage Colin Kaepernick is, but we'll kind of move on from that. Um, I mean, are you talking about as a player more than, a, you know, his personal stances? Um, you, you know, you can talk about that in multiple uh, instances. Yeah. I'm salty because I thought, okay, I'm going to drop Carson Wentz for Colin Kaepernick this week mm-hmm. because Mariota's on a bye. And, uh, you know, I ended up, I lost out on second place points, which was a cash position by about eight points. And that's the difference between the Wentz Kaepernick. I just over tinkered. So, you know, lost out on a cool 50 bucks there. So thanks for, th- thanks for that, Colin Kaepernick. Thanks for nothing. Um, <laughs> but I'll be replacing him with somebody else uh, yeah. because I just can't own that turd on my roster any longer here i'll stop i'll stop on the kaepernick i think everyone's been doing that for the last <laughs> we couple got, days we got the idea yeah you guys get the idea <laughs> all right uh paxton lynch he started sunday against the jaguars trevor simeon has shed his walking boots so uh i mean there's that going on but overall this week you're not really looking for stream options most of these guys are two quarterback updates but all your quarterbacks you know your you know, the top 10 top 15 guys they're all in action some of them like james winston for example has a superb matchup against the saints so chances are you're not streaming somebody but we want to just get your uh quarterback uh updates there essentially you know yeah exactly i mean <laughs> paxton lynch man yeah uh even against the jaguars you know just not not a whole lot to i mean uh, really get excited about there yeah did you note that uh Semyon has shed the locking booth they're gonna look at him day by day mm-hmm. uh this week I, i'd still like say i'd still kind of be surprised if Simeon does play so yeah i mean if you're in a 14 team two quarterback league yeah uh the Simeon lynch you know, okay, so you know the teams in the league. You take out Simeon, you take out Lynch, you take out Gabbert, and you probably take out Bryce Petty. Maybe you use Bryce Petty if you know you got a really terrible matchup. But uh, I mean, he is Petty's going against the 49ers, as you mentioned. So, so, so he's actually in, so he's actually in play in a 14 yeah. team two quarterback league. Those other guys probably not. Those are some of yeah. the ones you throw out. Exactly. Uh, so something to keep in mind moving <clears> forward. <throat> I mean, Jared Goff might be another one that gets tossed out there. So I mean, but most of your guys, everybody's in action. You want to get those. So let's. Let's move on from quarterbacks, Eric, and uh, discuss the running back position. Last week, DVR and I discussed Derrick Henry. We talked about Kenneth Dixon. We talked about Denard Robinson, who carried the ball 17 times Sunday. Didn't really do anything like that. And uh, he emerged with an injury, you noted? Yeah, he has a high ankle sprain. So uh, they're kind of uh, bulky at running back. I mean, at least, uh, you know. Isn't Chris Ivory healthy? Um, oh, no, it's TJ Yeldon. It's TJ Yeldon that's and healthy. Ivory, he's, he's just no good. Um, oh, man. Chris Ivory was ruled out with a hamstring injury. You're going to have to watch yes. his practice participation. <sighs> I mean, no, no Jaguars back, or running back is... Uh, you know startable if you're in the fan considering the considering the two injuries though mm-hmm. like you have to expect yeldon is going to get all the work this yeah. week and he might even be available you never really yeah. know there uh i mean except week 14 
the Jags have the Minnesota Vikings. Tough. They've got the Texans, the uh, the Titans, and the Colts here. So really, I'm not going after any of these guys. Um, if you I mean, if you've been starting any of these guys, chances are you're not in the fantasy playoffs here. So we can probably move on. I would say uh, when it comes to if you're still in play in Week 17, maybe Yeldon. And those two running backs are still injured. Yeldon would be a decent option against Indy. But, you know, the next few weeks are just going to be too tough to trust in the Jacksonville running back situation. Absolutely. One guy I do want to talk about, though, uh, well, first off, just a little bit of housekeeping. Capri Bibbs, he's got an ankle injury. He's on the IR. Fortunately, we were never too high on him in this podcast. Uh, Devontae Booker's still the man in Denver. But the uh, Broncos uh, have brought in Justin Forsett and I mean, Justin Forsett, a veteran guy, brings some experience. I mean, Devontae Booker hasn't exactly been, you know, a staple of a consistent running back in the league. Is there any chance Forsett works his way into the mix? I mean, we haven't seen it at his previous stops, right? Like, he hasn't been able to make inroads in, where was he, uh, Detroit? Uh, Baltimore, did he start the year? Yeah, he was starting the year there. Wasn't he in Chicago, too? Um, Is he also in Chicago? I don't know if the Bears picked him up for a little while. I mean, that, that's a <laughs> I mean, messy, messy he, game logger. He he's just been like in every situation this year. He's thoroughly unimpressed. Mm-hmm. I, I would just say roll with Devonte Booker if you have him and need to actually you know roll with him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, so so the Broncos' rest of season schedule at Tennessee, home against New England, at Kansas City, finishing at home against Oakland. Who have, I mean, Oakland gives up the fifth most fantasy points to opposing running backs, so maybe yeah. something to consider. But I'm not rushing, running out to pick up Justin Forsett. One guy I might pick up though is uh, the Vulture King, Mike Gillisley. Eight carries, 49 yards, two touch rushing touchdowns this week. Uh, I mean. If Mike Gillisley continues to vulture this stuff from uh, LaShawn McCoy, maybe both backs are in play? Maybe Gillisley's in play? Yeah, I, w- I would definitely say so. Um, I mean, pr- prior to him, you know, sitting out in week uh, 12, he actually was, you know, pretty, like, he was still getting all these touchdowns. He had four touchdowns in six games. Mm-hmm. He surpassed 50 yards in two of three games, or fi- three of five games, actually. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was actually, you know, producing consistently. And, uh, yeah. Like, he, I know, I know, there. Uh, I know, Buffalo is kind of running this, uh, you know, classic, you know, run first offense right now. Exactly. So uh, both running backs, I think, are going to get a decent amount of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, who do you have more resentment for this year as a fantasy owner, Mike Gillisley or John Kuhn in terms of vault- <laughs> touchdown vulturing? I mean, uh, uh, unfortunately, I don't have Lashawn McCoy or you know the Mark Ingram, Tim Hightower. I've got, I've got uh, Mark Ingram in our stake league, yeah. and I've wanted to put my foot through the TV on account of John Kuhn this year. More so it's like, uh, you know, I, I have sh- a lot of shares in, like, the New Orleans wideout situation, so when they get down to the red zone, you know, you're just waiting for Willie Sneed or Brandon Cooks to get in the end zone, and then it ends up being John Kuhn. Oh, we're going to get him on the, <laughs> gonna get Kuhn on the check down. Fantastic, Sean Payton. But, I mean, I don't know. He's a folk here in Wisconsin, so it's really hard to hate him. Exactly. Yeah, I do second that. You know, it is tough. But now we've got a new one, uh, Aaron Ripkowski. Yeah. So I can't wait to see some Ripkowski jerseys at Lambeau Field. Yeah. Paul Perkins this week outperformed, outperformed Rashad Jennings on the ground. He was 7 for 38. That's a 5.4 yards per carry. Rashad Jennings just 6 for 19. 3.2 yards per carry. But it was Rashad Jennings that caught the passing touchdown with Perkins not targeted. Is it even worth trying to predict what Ben McAdoo is going to do week to week? I don't know. I, like personally, I have to like ride Rashad Jennings wherever I have him. So mm-hmm. I kind of hope he, you know, keeps getting, you know, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to consistent touches, yeah. I don't know. If you're going to ride Rashad Jennings, is it worth it to maybe shift and look at a guy like Christine Michael of the Packers? I know yeah. we mentioned him in before 
we mentioned him in the show before. It's taken him a while to catch on, but he had a team-high nine carries a Sunday against the Texans. Of course, only produced 19 yards, but James Starks isn't really getting it done, and I think that might open the door for someone like Christine Michael, or maybe they turn back to Ty Montgomery. Yeah, it's it's hard to say if uh, you know James Starks actually came back too soon from his knee injury, but he's only in four games. He only has 100 yards and 37 rushes, 2.7 yards per carry. That's pretty sour. <laughs> How did the snap count break out? Uh, break down among running backs? Yeah, actually, uh, so it's kind of surprising. I mean, Ty Montgomery's you know in the hybrid role, wideout running back. 29 out of 58 offensive snaps, so 50 percent exactly. Then it was actually Aaron Ripkowski the. Uh, the, he had the most snaps out of true running backs. I mean, he mm-hmm. is a fullback, but yeah. he had 24. Mm-hmm. Then 11 for Michael, Christine Michael, 7 for James Starks. Basically, if Michael was in the game, he was getting the ball. Yeah, exactly. And he wasn't the most productive, but I think uh, you know maybe the slick weather conditions could have something to do with it. And at least the way the trajectory is going, Michael might have surpassed James Starks. So, I mean, if you had to own Michael or Starks moving forward, who's on your roster? I mean, Christine Michael, wasn't he the best running back the Seahawks had this year until C.J. Proceis actually broke out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, I think they're just kind of easing him into the system, and they're going to unleash him eventually. I'm kind of hoping it's this week. Yeah. So you get, like, uh, you get a decent three- or four-game run, you know, during the playoffs here, mm-hmm. riding him. Yeah, I wouldn't mind them saving the Ty Montgomery packages for the postseason. Yeah, if pro- we make it, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, they do have to go on a run. But if they do get to the postseason, using Montgomery in unique packages, that's maybe something where you don't want to show your hand this early in the yeah. season and yeah. you want to continue there. All right, a couple other housekeeping notes. Zach Zenner had a team-high nine carries against New Orleans. I mean, uh, uh, I'm going to write that off as game flow. The, the Lions, of course, Drew Brees threw three picks in that game, so they were the Lions were well ahead for most of the game and got to hand the ball off a lot, especially in the second half here. How did the offensive so, yeah. snaps break down there in Detroit? I, I was going to say, look, unlike the Packers uh, – who don't always have a running back in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lions always do. So out of their 70 offensive snaps this past weekend, Riddick still led the way with 33. Then it was 23 for Dwayne Washington, 14 for Zenner. Yes, he did get most of the carries, Zenner did. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, Christy Michael, he was getting the ball when he, he was, was in the in, game. If he was in, he was getting the ball. And, and, and not <laughs> all that productive with it, you know, just like Michael. Yeah, and, and Riddick is such a dual threat that I would just keep riding him. Yeah, Riddick's the guy. I don't consider sitting Riddick. I'm just looking for like a fill-in if you can right. get four or five right. points. But again, if you're in that position where you got to scramble now, you're probably not in the playoffs anyway. <laughs> again, these are mostly yep. housekeeping things. Last housekeeping thing, I mean, Rex Burkhead could be in play i don't know probably not jeremy hill had 23 carries for 33 yards i think was the final stat line there so jeremy hill's getting all the touches he's just not doing much with this opportunity does that open the door for burkhead at any point i think uh i think burkhead can be viable just because uh you know before giovanni bernard went down Mm -hmm. uh they were they were utilizing a two running back backfield and i think they're going to keep doing the same thing and Burkhead does have pass catching chops. He's caught six to seven targets for forty seven yards over the last two. Mm-hmm. So at least in PPR formats, I think he's somebody you can consider. Uh he might be a little more bulky though and you yeah. know, standard. Yeah, at least Burke had targeted a season-high five times yeah. against the Eagles. And who knows, maybe if the, the Bengals go way up on the Browns this week, they try to save Jeremy Hill a little bit and use Burkhead a little bit more. That's an option. It's a favorable rest-of-season schedule for backs in Cincinnati because they go uh, at Cleveland, and then they host Pittsburgh, who's given up some. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, then they go to Houston and host Baltimore. So those are a little bit rougher. But, um, 
Yeah, I would, I would say the next two weeks at the very least, you can probably get something out of Burkhead. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, if, yeah, if you need five or six points in a PPR format, maybe you're in a 16-teamer and you've always been rotating around that second running back, mm-hmm. he could be your man. I guess there's a chance there. Let's shift gears a little bit, though, Eric, and uh, go to the wide receiver department. Last week, DVR and I talked about Tyreek Hill. He's still in play. We talked about the Marquez Wilson situation. Left with a groin injury, he's probably no longer in play and moving to the drops candidates list. We talked about Malcolm Mitchell. We talked about Dontrell and Mon. All of those guys are worth rostering. But one guy we talked about that I do want to rehash is Taylor Gabriel of the Atlanta Falcons. That's because uh, the situation there is uh, the injury situation. It's, uh, it's, it's a little bit dicey. This is one where you're going to want to watch the practice participation of these wide receivers because both Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu are a little bit banged up. Yeah, so, I mean, Julio Jones always seems to, ha- seems to have, like, some type of lower body injury. Yeah, this time, some type so, of foot th- thing. Yeah, this, time is, this time it's a turf toe, but he usually plays through it and, you know, fares yeah. okay. <laughs> turf toe is, is scary when you hear about it because there are guys that are just completely shut down because of turf toe. Sure. There's really no treatment for turf toe outside of cutting it off, and I, you know, I don't really advise doing that. <laughs> no. um, but yeah, also Mohamed Sanu, he got a or picked up a groin injury this past weekend. Mm-hmm. But I, I think you've seen in the past two games that Gabriel has been. He's proven himself as both a receiver and a rusher. He had didn't he have a rushing touchdown against the Cardinals? I, I believe two weeks ago. Is it, was that the case? He had mm-hmm. he had two lengthy touchdowns. Yeah, he did have a rushing touchdown. Uh, ho- or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, rushing touchdown against the Buccaneers in Week Nine. Oh, it was Buccaneers. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's in, right. In his last, uh, let's see, in his last five weeks, he scored four touchdowns. So I mean, Gabriel's got to be in play now. Is, yes. If Sanu is that, see, I last week I was skeptical on Gabriel because. Um, because uh, I just think that Julio Jones is the main man, and when you need to move the chains, Sanu's the guy, and like I felt like opposing teams are going to be able to defend Gabriel because he scored in the same play twice in yeah. that matchup against the Cardinals. Now he's going to have a chance to move up the depth chart because a lot of these guys are not at 100%. Julio Jones could be an injury aggravation risk. Mohamed Sanu, who knows what you're going to get out of him. So I think Gabriel becomes a viable start candidate in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. And I know you mentioned Aldrich Robinson here, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's had any more than two catches in any given game this season. He's just not mm-hmm. somebody that I would consider at all. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, they're just guys like Malcolm Mitchell and Dontrell Inman. We'll, mm-hmm. We're just real quick. I mean, Inman scored last week. Uh, Tyrell Williams kind of has that... Uh, torn labrum in his shoulder that he's playing through so Inman is still always going to be in play there I also think Malcolm Mitchell is going to continue to be in play uh, with Rob Gronkowski out especially in terms of red zone targets so those guys are going to be uh, um, yeah if you, if you if you have Martellus Bennett and you're hoping that you know he's kind of kind of step up into the Rob Gronkowski role I don't know if it's actually going to happen it's going to yeah. be uh, it's going to be really the game plan that Josh McDaniels you know puts together that week when Martellus Bennett actually you know, does strike. Whereas I think Malcolm Mitchell is going to be consistent the, the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It so, looks like the Patriots actually hit on a wide receiver for once. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> one of those guys, Chris Hogan scored a touchdown in that game. I mean, the Belichick game plan is always a little bit weird. So uh, who knows what's going on there? Um, let's see. One more receiver, honorable mention, I suppose, because Marcus Wilson left with that groin injury after just one target. And because this week, Alshon Jeffries <clears throat> back from, I mean, after this week, Alshon Jeffries still suspended. He'll be back next week but Joshua Bellamy led the way with uh, four catches for 93 yards on six targets in the snow Sunday if you need a real deep flyer maybe I mean but I still don't put him as any higher than I guess a wide receiver five or six you know so it's maybe not someone you're starting in the playoffs but there's a chance yeah so I, I mean they they are running 
seemingly a lot of three wide receiver sets. Mm-hmm. I mean, Daniel Brown is getting a lot of snaps the last few weeks. Josh Bellamy and Cameron Meredith. Mm-hmm. Um, if Marcus Wilson is down, I think that just obviously helps Bellamy, you know, sustain that target yeah. count that he's got recently. Exactly. So if you're a Jeffrey owner that had to start Cameron Meredith and then had to start Marquez Wilson and now are picking him up and looking for someone to start, I guess Bellamy's next in that line of losers, I suppose. Sure. But uh, it, it, it is feel great about it. Yeah, it's kind of hard to predict, though, like which of the guys is actually going to strike. Uh, I mean, is it going to be Meredith, Daniel Brown, Bellamy? Mm-hmm. If Marcus Wilson is back healthy, who knows? And also it has to do with the level of faith that you have in Matt Barkley. Sure. So that'll be interesting. At the very least bears won't be in a snowstorm this week they will be at detroit where uh, they will be in the friendly home or uh, i guess road confines dome confines of fort field so something to think about there let's move on to tight ends where you got the biggest unsustainability candidates potentially we talked about Dwayne allen already i mean three first half touchdowns i guess you go pick him back up he's been a little bit productive but i'm not really my expectations aren't all that high for him another guy that i like to talk about dennis pitt a nine for 90 and two scores uh but with both of these guys i mean how often can you really count on that production in the fantasy playoffs yeah i mean dennis pitt uh, the, these were his first touchdowns of the season and he's only actually surpassed five uh fa- standard fantasy points that is in three times in 12 games mm-hmm. i don't really think you can re- rely on him in a I mean, not definitely a 12-team league. You're going to have to be in a 14-team or deeper to actually trot him out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess you can pick Dwayne Allen back up because he took a front seat to Jack Doyle. But Jack Doyle's still there. I do he like, still could threaten. I, 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 I do like the fact that I, I think du- now, the, now that Dwayne Allen is actually healthy, he's proven that he's you know kind of back. He's got 9 of 10 targets the last two games. Mm-hmm. So he is like gathering in everything coming his way. If he's targeting the red zone, mm-hmm. he could very well score. Yeah, definitely a big body that helps there. I mean, Dwayne Allen... Allen, back in the Colby Fleener days, was always thought of as more of the blocking guy, but he's yeah. getting the red zone looks here. But, I mean, there's Dwayne Allen. You could always go to someone like Cameron Braid, who might be available in shallower formats, yeah. had a decent game. But then there's Ladarius Green, and he's looking <laughs> like a guy. Eric, I know you and I were both really high on Ladarius Green moving forward. We advocated not essentially punting tight ends so we could go and get Ladarius Green early. Now, that was before the injury situation kind of derailed the whole start to Ladarius Green's season. But now that he's back and he's looking healthy, he's obviously surpassed the outlaw Jesse James on the depth chart, and he's looking like (laughs) a guy uh, that Ben Roethlisberger is liking to throw the ball to. I mean, last time I checked, he had about 25% availability, so there's a good chance he's still out there. Is he someone you pick up to carry? Uh, Yes. I mean, now that... that, uh Okay, so outside of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, like who's actually impressed in the receiving department this year? Yeah. Eli Rogers a little bit. Sammy Coates went healthy a little bit, maybe, but yeah, exactly. But Sammy Coates hasn't had a catch in five games, I believe, yeah. six games, something like that. Yeah, you can't rely and, on those guys. I think with Darius Green, you can. Yeah, and Darius Hayward Bay has you know missed the last four games with a sprained foot. Uh, Kobe Hamilton is getting a few targets per week, but you know it's just not enough. So after Brown and Bell, I think Green is. I, I mean, with all the attention that is drawn their way, Green is definitely, now that he's healthy and past ankle injury, I think, yeah, you can definitely say he's probably a top 10 tight end right now, right? Yeah. Uh, with how much mm-hmm. Roethlisberger is going to throw. Yeah, I would absolutely give him some love in uh, that scenario here. Our Kevin Payne says bid 20 to $30 on him wow. if you have it left. 
go 20, for it, right? Yeah, tw- I would say, yeah, 20 to 30. Well, well, I mean, if you only have like 15 bucks left, you might yeah, as well yeah, throw it all at him. Be at all of it. But <laughs> this goes, we're going to circle full all the way back to our theme from the start of the show. It's that you cannot take it with you. So go ahead yeah. and spend that waiver wire money if you have it because you can't take it with you. And, and uh, Ladarius Green is someone that uh, you can definitely go with and hopefully profit a little bit off of in the playoffs here. Streaming defense options, real quick before we wrap things up. The question we always like to ask, Eric, who's got the Browns this week? It is the Bengals. Who uh, might have some decent availability. Yeah, I would yeah. say so. And mm-hmm. Vonta's perfect has just been a tackle monster recently. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't necessarily equate to, you know, fantasy points unless you're in an IDP league. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, something to watch for we'll there. See. Yeah, I mean, perfect Ber- being as you know as dirty of a player as he is, he's still an impact player, and nobody yeah. can deny that. Yeah. Um, a couple others to consider: the Lions have the Bears at home. I mean, maybe go after Detroit because of Matt Barkley, but Jordan Howard and Matt Barkley have seemed to uh, carry the Bears somewhat decently over the last uh, couple of games here. So it's not yeah. like the Bears are a complete shut in or anything like that. Uh, they might give, they might score some points on the Lions, but a young quarterback like Barkley could be turnover prone. So. I guess they're in play as well. Uh, then there's this Jets-San Francisco game that's a little bit interesting. I mean, this is just like a, the could epitome easy. of bad. This is, you know, this, yeah. if you can sum up the why maybe the NFL ratings are down it, this year, it's, it's games like this, you know, non-competitive, non-interesting, non-intriguing between two non-playoff teams competing for a better draft pick. I mean, honestly, I think this game could be fairly entertaining just because, like, the defenses are so bad that, Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, it might just be like a back and forth mm-hmm. shootout. Yeah, but you're going to see Bryce Petty against yes. Blaine Gabbard. But yes, the, there. Are, I think there's going to be a lot of turnovers too. So mm-hmm. I mean, yes, good. It's a good point to bring them up because there could be defensive scores. Yeah, yeah. And if you're streaming, someone to consider here. I think I, I landed on the Baltimore Ravens, picking them up on the waiver wire recently in some leagues. I think yeah. my streaming days are done. I'm going to stick to them almost regardless of matchup moving forward. Uh, but you know, if you're streaming and you need someone. I think they're not bad. I guess also the Falcons, they're on the road, but they get Jared Goff, who's been hit or miss. I mean, I watched Jared Goff uh, try to run a play-action pass with an empty backfield last week. So, I mean, you got that going for him. That actually happened? Yeah, he whiffed on a handoff when there was no one there. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, way to go, Coach Fisher, getting your boys ready to play. Yeah, uh, this comes on the heels of Jeff Fisher's extension. Contract extension here. Can you believe this? Yeah, I know. I was was like, wait a minute. I thought thought someone was joking when I saw that headline. I'm like, wait, that's a real thing? No, someone's messing with me because he's probably going to get fired. Nope, not the case. Jeff Fisher era keeps going in L.A., and Jared Goff is going to see if we can take them. Welcome back to the NFL, L.A. Like, you get the most uninspiring team yeah that's a it's a brutal <laughs> pill to swallow there if you're a rams fan but hopefully you can get pick a streaming defense candidate out of that here that's going to wrap things up for today's episode of the rotowire fantasy football podcast also don't forget to check out rotowire free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod that's rotowire.com slash pod once again i'm jake Latarski. you can find me on twitter at jakeski52 yeah, over here I'm Eric Aturi, and you can find me on Twitter at ETCat30. The Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast will return Wednesday with Mario and John. Napa A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.